It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. You can't tell the story of Georgia's nationally recognized pre-K program without quickly coming across the name Zell Miller. After all, it was Governor Miller who in 1990 proposed the creation of the Georgia Lottery for Education and that the lottery would support a new preschool program and college scholarship. In 1992, the referendum passed and a pilot program brought 750 at-risk four-year-olds to 20 sites across Georgia. And Commissioner, today, Georgia's pre-K program serves over 83,000 four-year-olds and clearly part of Governor Miller's legacy. Oh, absolutely. When you think back uh, to the 1990s and the beginning of the lottery and just uh, Governor Miller's vision for the lottery at that point, there's no other governor that could have thought that we need to dedicate a fund source and it needs to be specifically for our Georgia pre-K program and our Hope Scholarship and Grant program. And I hope he's proud of the work that we've done um, through his vision throughout the last 26 years. Yeah, it's amazing to look back on that. And joining us to talk about his grandfather and the foundation that celebrates Governor Miller's leadership and legacy is Brian Miller, executive chairman of the Zell Miller Foundation. And Brian, welcome to the podcast. Today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Let's talk about the, the foundation. How did you decide to create the Zell Miller Foundation? Well, it was back in the summer of 2016. I had just graduated from law school and was in the middle of studying for the bar exam, which is a tedious, tedious <laughs> process for anybody that's ever done it. Um, but that was also the summer when we knew that my grandfather's health just was not going to get better. At that time, he had Parkinson's. So we had not publicly disclosed that yet, but we just knew that this was the best it was going to get. And so Shirley and Zell and I had a conversation, and basically um, I told them that there's not an organization today for the sole purpose of preserving my grandfather's legacy, and I wanted to explore how we could create such a, a foundation. Mm-hmm. So I put my ideas on a legal pad, and then I went, and um, after I took the bar exam, <laughs> went and briefed my grandparents on my findings, and uh, he uh, basically just just sat still for about 15 minutes and just let me finish my pitch. He didn't ask any questions. He just sat sat silent. And if you've ever been in a room with Zell Miller, for him to, to sit silent for 15 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange thing, so I wasn't sure how it was going. But he just looked up and he said, um, this sounds great, but I only have one condition. And that's that you have to make it about the future. The work of the foundation has to be about the future. Mm-hmm. It has to be about investing in people. And so that's what we've tried to do uh, since 2016. You think in his mind he was thinking about other foundations or organizations he was familiar with to, to sort of differentiate it from that? I think what he was actually thinking about was as a lifelong educator, his parents were educators. What he wanted to do was to come up with a way that he could still educate people. Mm. And what I did was actually take a leadership course that he taught at UGA and Young Harris College in Emory, and I, I made that into a leadership institute within the foundation. Um, we're in our second year of that program today, and we've had nearly 100 people be able to, to go through that. Wow, that's great. You've got a great video, um, about four minutes, uh, that kind of talks about um, the beginnings of the foundation and what it does. And uh, although we can't show video, we're not quite that advanced <laughs> here. Uh, but we would like for folks to hear it. Absolutely. So let's take a listen to uh, a little bit of the history, and, and you're going to love hearing, again, the voice of Governor Miller 
and uh, his wife Shirley um, as they talk about the Zell Miller Foundation. I cannot help but remember how it was in that first chapter of my life. Growing up in a remote Appalachian Valley, we lived in a house made of rocks my mother gathered from a nearby creek with only an open fireplace for heat, no indoor plumbing, no car, no phone, no father. My mother would laugh and she'd say, you know what's so great about this place? You can get anywhere in the world from here. Since 1959, voters in Georgia have been putting me in one office or another. Oh, I miss him every day. I miss him every day. He loved the uh, English language and the uh, words, and so he was either busy reading them or putting them on paper. He had carried around the idea of, um, of hope for a long time. And I told him that, you know, you, this may beat you. And he said, well, if it does, I don't want to be governor. If I can't do what I want to do, I don't want to be governor. It cannot be overstated enough the impact that the Georgia Lottery Corporation has had on hope and pre-K. Like a lot of conversations throughout Zell's career, um, this was the room that we had the conversation about whether or not uh, we would move forward and create the Zell Miller Foundation. Zell told Brian that if you do this, it's not to be about me. I just remember Zell sitting silently and smiled and let me sort of finish my pitch. And then he sort of looked up and said, only if you make it about the future. There was no organization that existed with the sole purpose of preserving my grandfather's legacy. And given his unique place in Georgia history, I thought it was important to do so. I think the uh, passing of the baton of Zell's work to Brian feels very, very natural. The mission of the Zell Miller Foundation is to preserve Zell's legacy through programs that promote education, leadership, and service. A four-year-old can go through pre-K and then an 18-year-old can go to college on a HOPE scholarship and then a 30-year-old can come and participate in one of the Foundation's programs. We've taken Zell's leadership lectures, we've taken a lot of his notes um, throughout his life and we try to incorporate those lessons and those ideas through every program and initiative that we do at the Foundation. To see uh, some of his ideas and beliefs uh, still be alive and well and uh, be uh, passed along to, to uh, uh, other generations is important. From time to time, you can pick up a lecture, you can pick up a note, you can pick up an idea that Zell wrote 20, 30 years ago, and sometimes it seems like this is just what you needed to hear in the moment to be able to find comfort in what's happening today, but more importantly, find hope for what's going to happen tomorrow. And so I leave this Senate knowing that once again, my mother has been proved right. One could get anywhere in the world from that little mountain valley and back again. Everywhere I've ever been really was on my way back home. 
So, Brian, we know that education has always played a major role in your family. It has. But what was it specifically that made it so important to Zell Miller? Well, both of his parents were educators. His father, uh, who passed away when he was a couple of days old, was actually the dean at Young Harris College. His mother was an art professor at Young Harris College, so he grew up on a college campus. Mm -hmm. And it was just instilled in him early that education was truly the great equalizer in our society and that no matter your background, no matter where you came from, with the promise of an education Mm -hmm. that you could fulfill your own dreams and destiny. And he believed that um, throughout his life. Right. And that's a message that's so true today, too. Absolutely. Yeah. He was really destined for this, wasn't right. he? <laughs> Parents, I think there was no way around it. It, it. Also, is it true that his reading and other interactions with you and the other grandchildren may have actually led to his idea of a preschool program? Well, I've heard him say that. Um, I've read in his in his uh, former speeches um, that he has given uh, that he has made that comment. I can't certainly take any credit for it at all, but I do think that having grandchildren changed him. I think that he became more aware of of how children learn at such an early age and how they just soak up and absorb the surroundings in which you know they find themselves. And so I think he he had a, a newfound interest once he had grandchildren of how we can help people at such a young age actually learn and develop the skills that they need to be able to succeed in grade school. Mm. So I've been dying to ask you this question because since um, I've known you for about three years now and you always refer to your grandparents as Zell and Shirley. (laughs) So what did you, did you really call him Zell? No, I did not. (laughs) Can you tell us what you called him? Um, I called my grandparents, um, I called Zell Paw Paw, Mm P-A-P-A, and then Shirley Nin, N-I-N. Okay. Uh, That was what the whole family called them, and and that's what all the the grandchildren called them growing up. I love it. Look at that secret we just got out of Brian. Right. So when did you realize that your grandfather was such a politically influential person, not only in our state but in our nation? And, I mean, how did did you deal with that? How did you handle that? So I have to say I I probably learned um, at an earlier time than, and the rest of the grandchildren because I have an interest in history mm-hmm. and, and politics. And so Zell and I were very close. He's always been my mentor. He's always been somebody that I looked up to as a role model. And I remember being six or seven, asking my grandparents for a journal. Mm-hmm. And this was um, at a time when, when they lived in the governor's mansion. And so we used to have family events there. Mm-hmm. We would spend the summers at the governor's mansion. And my grandmother would take us to Fern Bank and other you know areas mm-hmm. in Atlanta to try to help us learn about the culture and the history of, of the city and the state. So I knew at that point that this, this was different than other people that I grew up with. I know that people did not have the same experience. Um, But it wasn't until I I became a teenager when um, Senator Coverdale unfortunately passed away and Governor Barnes appointed my grandfather uh, to fill the remaining term of his seat that I knew uh, just the impact that he had made as governor. I knew about pre-K, I knew about hope, but I didn't necessarily know the numbers. And I just want to take a minute to congratulate y'all on the numbers. It's been 25 years, and during that 25 years, the Georgia Lottery has raised $20 billion for hope and pre-K. And I think, you know, that's such a huge number, but that that equates to 1.6 million four-year-olds who have been able to benefit from this program. I think what is so special about Georgia's pre-K is that it's completely voluntary. Mm-hmm. It's paid for by those lottery funds, so it's not tax dollars that are going to support the program. 
but it also requires, I think, you know, good management. It requires good leadership who cannot just, you know, take take those funds and spend them, but people who can actually make sure that this is this program is run efficiently and effectively. And I think that's what y'all have been able to do. So I just got to tip my hat to both of you for um, being able to build and maintain this program at such a at such a high quality. Yeah, we really need to thank all the teachers right. oh, and the, the assistant teachers, teachers, teachers that yeah. really well, and, make and the commissioners and the leadership before me that's um, for sure, but we have our we we have to thank the teachers and the assistant teachers we do. because they, they are could the not exist without the them. It is yeah, we're lucky to actually have pre-K teachers of the year now. So we're able yes, to, you do, um, and I have to say too. I mentioned the the Zell Miller Leadership Institute within the foundation in our first um, inaugural class of 2018. We actually had um, a preschool teacher and a preschool owner in that right. um, pre-kindergarten um, uh, in that first hmm. class yeah. uh, up in Dahlonega. So we're we're happy that that is also a part of the foundation and a part of that uh, unique program. Yeah. So politically, we mentioned this, we've known him as governor, we've known him as a U.S. senator, a speaker at national political conventions, made a few surprises uh, along the way. (laughs) Uh, But it all started out in uh, 1959 as mayor of Young Harris. How did he become interested in in politics? Well, his mother was mayor of Young Harris, and his father was actually a state senator. Not many people know that, but his father, um, back then we had the county unit system, and his father um, served a, a term or two in the state senate. But um, but that's how Zell was interested in politics mm-hmm. because he grew up in it, mm-hmm. and back then um, things were divided. There were Republicans and Democrats, and um, the Republicans went to the same gas stations and <laughs> shopped at the same places, and the Republicans did theirs too. So he he grew up in that world, and I think it's what wanted him because of because of his father serving in the state senate. I think it's what made him interested in in serving in the state senate at such a young age in his late twenties, and. Um, um, then he saw, I think, the the potential, um, the impact that he could have in politics and public service. And I th- also think he knew that he had a gift. I mm-hmm. mean, he had a he was a great communicator. He had a great oratory skills. He was a great writer. And fortunately for us, he was able to put those to use. And here we are today talking about him, right. you know, in, in 2019. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And we still will. I mean, his legacy lives on throughout the state. Um, he has buildings named after him at UGA and, of course, at Young Harris. And then the scholarship, the Zell Miller Scholarship, which I have to proudly say my nephew was a Zell Miller Scholarship That's recipient, fantastic. graduated from UGA early. Congratulations. Um, so very proud of him on that. And I know when we talked about all the hope reform, I was kind of in the background on the budget side. Mm-hmm. And so I know that Governor Deal met with with Zell Miller at that time and said, we're going to save it. And then we thought, what can we do to really make it even more a legacy for him? And I think that was we, we tossed around a lot of names, and, I mean, how did we not say the Zell Miller Scholarship from the <laughs> that, first? That was so. very special, and, and it certainly is special to our family. But it also, I think it matters, too, that, that graduates who receive the scholarship know how it was created mm-hmm. and who created Absolutely. it, and they know that this wasn't something. I mean, think back to, in the early 90s, the fight to pass the referendum on the lottery mm-hmm. and what a what an uphill battle that was. You know, some people ask me, could – if if somebody tried to create a lottery today and try to create the Hope Scholarship, would they be able to succeed? And I think that's an important question. Think about about how revolutionary this idea was back in the early '90s, and and my grandfather staked his entire political mm-hmm. career on the Georgia lottery and the promise that the lottery revenue would be used for educational initiatives like the Hope Scholarship and like Georgia's pre-K program. 
you just don't see that level of courage today. You don't see that exchange of ideas today. And I think it's something that um, that people should should look back to, and, and hopefully that will encourage others to think about ways where, like I said, in 2019, we can come up with more ideas mm-hmm. and more programs that can really benefit people's lives and, and make a difference in, in communities all across the state. You know, it's really true. You think about political risk. That was kind of a make it or break it. It was. He he laid everything out on the line. And in the video, there's a quote. um, Shirley was talking about, you know, um, my grandfather saying that that, um, running on the idea of hope and staking everything on the creation of the lottery. And, and, And Shirley said, you know, this might this might break you mm-hmm. and his in his yeah. remark was well if it does i don't want to be governor mm-hmm. if wow. i can't do what i want to do then i don't want to be governor mm-hmm. and like i said i just don't think you see that today no you know it's hard to believe it's been a year since he passed away and i'm wondering how is your grandmother and how's the rest of the family doing she is in good health um we're doing okay uh, it has been a year and it's hard to to think back that that was a year ago it seems just like yesterday but we have um, been able to lean on each other Uh, we miss him every single day every time I walk into my office uh, there's a portrait of him on the wall Um, every day of my life is is about about our work and and certainly our family Um, I take that as as a, a sense of of responsibility. I'm certainly, you know, very, very honored to be in this position. Um, but every day is a constant reminder of who he is and, and certainly that he's no longer with us. You know, uh, the Zell Miller Foundation uh, is actually multifaceted in a lot of it ways. Is. You've got it the is. Leadership Institute, uh, a forum on leadership, hosting activities throughout the year and uh, throughout Georgia. Tell us about that, how that all has come together. Well, we started in um, 2018 with the uh, Leadership Institute, and we had 40 emerging leaders from all across Georgia go through that program. This year, we have 54 in the program, and um, this the application process for the class of 2020 is going to open up uh, in May uh, over this summer. So anybody interested in that can go to our website at millerfoundation.com and find out more and certainly apply. But um, we decided this year that we wanted to focus on the Forum on Leadership. Now that the Leadership Institute has been established, we want to try to bring together our friends in academia, in business, in government, in philanthropy, and have a conversation about what real leadership looks like with the whole idea that we can begin to build more bridges and start having an exchange of ideas on how we can make people's lives better. So we're going to we're gonna focus on that program this fall, and we're really excited to not only uh, – continue to share Zell's life and story and, and how he did what he did, but hope that we can educate and empower and inspire other people to try to use the skills and talents that they have to make a difference in their communities as mm-hmm. well. So correct me if I'm wrong. Now, Leadership Institute is an application process. Correct, it is. served for a year? It, it's a one-year program. So um, it, it's one cohort that goes, it's about 50 people in each cohort, that goes from January to October. Um, they travel the state and attend five different weekend-long leadership uh, summits in Athens, Macon, Augusta, Columbus, and Savannah. And it's a 70-program-hour curriculum, and we look at Zell's life. Um, we examine his legacy 
legacy like pre-K, like the creation of the Hope Scholarship, but we also examined the core leadership values that he felt were essential to becoming a more effective leader, things like courage and responsibility and perseverance. And we try to bring in friends and people who served with Zell, and we try to talk with real leaders who are actually walking the walk and how they uh, face adversity and how they overcome it and we are able to provide a back and forth and a a sort of give and take with members of the class and each of those leaders. And it's been fascinating to just watch the relationships that have been built um, and what people have been able to learn through that experience. Mm -hmm. And the forums, on the other hand, are open to the public. They are. They will be open to the public. We have not uh, done the forum on leadership yet, but that event will be in September of this year, and that will be open to the public. And we're really trying to target academia. We're trying to target business, government, and philanthropy and bring all of these different industries together. There are a lot of events that exist, um, certainly forums on leadership within those individual industries, but what's going to be so unique about this program and this event are the people who are going to be participating and and where they're going to be coming from, the different backgrounds. And I think that um, diversity is actually a really good thing, and I think there's a lot that we can learn from each other if we actually listen. And everybody wants to be heard, and it's one thing we're going to try to do is make sure that people feel like their voice can be heard. Mm-hmm. The image of that is very reflective of Governor Miller bringing all it of is. these right. different people together at the same table. It is. And if you think, too, there aren't many people who can do that. And we feel blessed that we're in a position where we do have such strong relationships in all of those different industries. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to bring people together. And we're not doing it in a way that, that that you know we think that we know better than they do or we know what they should do within their businesses or their industries or their you know state agencies or departments. But we do think that, that we can all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And there are things that, that corporations can learn from businesses. They'll firmly believe that there are not enough people in business that understand how government Government works, but there are also not enough people in government that understand how mm-hmm. business works. So out of that knowledge, like I said, can hopefully come some inspiration and some empowerment. And I think we can start to, to come up with some really great ideas that can affect a whole new generation of Georgians. Now, here's a tough question that I just thought of, actually, <laughs> oh, as you were talking about that. And you've quoted him a couple of times, but uh, tough question for his grandson. What's your favorite Zell Miller quote? Um, You know, actually, I thought about this a lot, and it's one that I tell myself over and over again. Um, It's dare greatly, reject the rejection, and never, never give up. Mm. I think out of all the leadership qualities, the one that Zell felt um, the the most strongly about was perseverance. Mm -hmm. And he certainly persevered throughout his life. People forget that that he ran for Congress twice in the mid-60s and lost. He ran for the U.S. Senate in 1980 and lost and came back 10 years later and ran for governor in 1990 and ended up winning and left the governor's mansion with an 85% approval rating. So he's had very high highs, but he's also had very low lows. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that you can learn um, through those experiences. And so that's a quote that will always stick with me. You know what I love about this whole concept is that we've had a lot of great leaders. We've been blessed in Georgia to have some phenomenal leaders, but unfortunately, when they're gone, they're kind of gone. You know, you just mm-hmm. for left for history books and things like that. Right. The foundation really gives people mm-hmm. an opportunity to, in a way, interact 
with Zell Miller. It does, yeah. absolutely. And we one of the things we um, we take um, a lot of pride in is that we're literally putting, you know, Zell's name on people's mm-hmm. resumes when they go through the Leadership Institute. Um, but it's it's not something that they just apply for and we, we give them a rubber stamp. <laughs> it is 70 hours of intensive curriculum, and we really build relationships with with people we're investing in their careers with the with the hope that we can we can be with them and support them for the next you know 20 25 years and we take great pride in that again i go back to zell as a college professor that's what he wanted to do as a professor and he did it with his students and that's what we're going to do with everybody in the leadership institute I want to say, though, think about this this legacy. Think about a four-year-old being able to go through pre-K, an 18-year-old being able to go to college on a Hope Scholarship, and then a 30, 40, 50, even 60-year-old to be able to come to a forum on leadership and learn from Zell Miller mm-hmm. is a unique, unique yeah, thing. I love it. I love it. I love, I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing to think that we can still continue to learn from Zell Miller, and it's all because of the foundation and your work is at the foundation. So I think it's a great opportunity. Well, thank you so much for that. And, and what's exciting for us and gives us the ability to be able to do this is that, that every single year, Zell's legacy continues to yeah, grow. Right. I mean, his legacy is not being elected governor and being U.S. senator. It's what he did in those offices. And um, every single four-year-old is a part of that legacy. Every single Hope Scholarship recipient is a part of that legacy. And to think with the success of the Georgia Lottery that those numbers can and will continue to grow, it's not just the four-year-olds going to pre-K, it's their parents. It's the the ripple effect that that Hope and Pre-K have throughout Georgia. We're talking about millions of people who have been directly impacted by these programs. And it's so exciting to be able to be a part of a foundation um, that that even though we're young, we're we're a young foundation. Um, this legacy has been around for a long time, and it and it certainly made a tremendous impact on the state of Georgia. And I I take it as a huge honor and and certainly a, a responsibility to make sure we can do everything that we can as a foundation to help these programs continue to thrive. One thing for our agency and Georgia's pre-K program is in the. 26th year now of the program, we're meeting a lot of young people that have benefited from both and have come and spoken at various things. And it'll put a tear in your eye if you're not careful because (laughs) it's such a great story. It will. And I I have to mention, too, um, that we just hired uh, an assistant at the foundation. And um, Rachel is a pre-K kid and also a Hope Scholarship recipient. And now she's my assistant at the foundation. And so for her to be able to literally most of her life you know, uh, has been impacted by Zell Miller mm-hmm. in some way, but she never knew him. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about that impact. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just fascinating as a grandson to think that somebody can really have that that positive influence on somebody's life. It's, it's so special and it's so unique. Yeah. Brian, we could talk all day. I know. Uh, I could. I certainly could. (laughs) Uh, But what a legacy. And we do want folks to um, uh, go to the website, take a look, and see what's going on and where you might fit in. Uh, I know we've had a couple of – we had at least one former staffer here who was part Mm -hmm. of the Zell Miller uh, program. That was Kristen Bernhardt, who – is now with Ounce of Prevention, Mm -hmm. uh, but our former Deputy Commissioner of System Reform. So uh, check it out at MillerFoundation.com, or you can call them at 770-693-9600. 
73, and uh, it sounds like in May, applications will begin to be uh, They will. For the for the Zell Miller Leadership Institute, we're trying to target people from 25 to 45 through that program. Okay. It is 70 hours. Uh, it is five weekend-long summits throughout the year from January to September, or excuse me, October. So it is a big commitment, but I think it's one that people will enjoy mm-hmm. and, and certainly gain a lot from. Missed it by a decade for me, but... Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I, won't, I think maybe I'm I'll, still in the window. There's the, there's there's the forum, the though, Reg. There's, the, right. there's the forum, the forum that everybody can yes. come to. I can come to the forum. Okay. There you I'll go. I'll be there. That's what I'll do. Brian, thanks so much for Thank being you. with us. And please uh, give our best to your grandmother, I, the I rest of the family. Will. We love uh, the Miller family. Well, thank you so much. And, and we love DECAL, and we appreciate all that you do to preserve um, pre-K. And, and it certainly wouldn't be the organization it is without um, pre-K teachers and everybody at DECAL that does such a wonderful job day in and day out. Thanks a lot for being here. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Alethea Cicero-Brown, and I'm a legal services officer here at uh, DECAL in the legal department. And I have a question for the commissioner, and my question is, um, what what, uh, direction does the commissioner um, plan to take the agency within the next two years? Well, Alethea, I think we're I think we're on a really good path. Uh, we continue to make sure that we adapt and improve the services that we are providing to child care providers and to teachers and to families. And so we will continue to listen to our provider community and to children and families and teachers on what do they need next, always looking towards data on where we need to make improvements in any of our programs, whether it's administrative type things, customer service related things, or just new research that might come out about early learning fields. So I think it's important um, for all of us and for me to continue to lead us to make sure that we're the best agency that we can be continuing with the success that we've had for so many years. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. You know how it works. We draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Where did Zell Miller begin his political career? Where did Zell Miller begin his political career? Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.